When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Tom Bernard Show with... Felt wise. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what father lead. I'm not so used to that. Did you that say that? Co host Catherine Brandt. I said Andy it. Andy Brandt Bernard. Cassie Schrader. Okay, the very confused crew will be right back in just a couple of minutes, Tom Bernard Show. Walzer Automotive Group started in Minnesota over 60 years ago. Most people know something about the Walzer way. Upfront, no haggle pricing, work with one person from start to finish, or the free lifetime powertrain warranty on most vehicles sold in Minnesota. What you might not know is they are the only automotive group that is a member of the Keystone Club. They join such great Minnesota companies as General Mills, Target, Cargill, the Twins, Wolves, and Vikings in pledging 5% pre-tax profits to local charities. It's a great example of their core values. Do the right thing, display positive energy, be open-minded, and lead by example. So if you're in the market for a new or used car, check out walzer.com or stop into one of their dealerships. Please don't say, tell them Tommy sent you, because it sounds fake, and I hate it. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company, and they start asking you questions, or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. It's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? uh, Either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Give me a hoe if you got your funky bus fare. Double Dutch Bus. I haven't heard that in about a million years. Oh, I love this. This is my, like, it's a cookie monster, isn't it? Frankie Smith. (laughs) It's the cookie monster. (laughs) I like it. It's my cleaning music. Oh. Oh, you like to clean to that music? Oh, yeah. I could see that. I could see that. Um, Is uh, Acme not coming in? uh, I don't know. I didn't hear from anybody, so I don't know if he is or not. We'll I have see. no idea. We we'll, don't know. It'll all work out in the end. I hope and plus, he does, half the people are completely lost trying to find this place. Ooh, Tim. That is the problem. It's very easy to get lost finding this. So I, I assume he's coming, but I don't know for sure. Um, they're saying Kate Spade's original bag will never go out of style. Do you believe that? Yes. Should they, people just love it. Well, it's just, you know, there's just certain things that work with your attire. I mean, like I said, she hasn't been involved with that company since like 2006, 2007, something like right. that. So that's when she sold it for the big, big bucks. So um, I don't know exactly which iconic bag they're talking about, but I'm guessing it's, the it's just the little. Uh, pretty much every designer, 
every top designer has that bag of, of a version of it. Yeah, I think she was her bags were very popular, kind of like the boxy square. Purse. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the that, one that's. I mean, it came in different colors sure. and patterns, but it's that just that style of bag. Yeah, and they were more her line was expensive but it wasn't like crazy expensive yeah it wasn't um i mean i think they sold them at like macy's and sure stuff like that so it wasn't like you know two thousand dollars for no. a purse right right no. according to the results of a gov- uh, government study released in september 2000 now have, we got the mic, got the in, mic your in your nose, <laughs> in your nose. In your oh you heard me breathing <laughs> come on no you didn't yes, we did. you did <laughs> Oh, yeah. Hey, I warned doing, you. You were doing so well, wasn't you? You were. And then everything just hit the wall. According to the results of a government study released in September 2015, roughly 9.4 million adults, or about 3.9% of the population aged 18 and older, had serious thoughts of suicide by in 2014. It can be hard to identify suicidal thinking in a loved one. There is no foolproof checklist to follow. But here are some warning signs that uh, they might be at risk. Uh, you can get help by calling 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-TALK to be connected to a crisis center. Says a National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. What's interesting about that is the state of Minnesota cut funding for the suicide hotline. Right when all these suicides, suicides are way up in the country now. And now they... Yeah, like 25%, uh, I think. Yeah, I That's don't really understand. a lot. Yeah, 25 to 30% in some areas. Uh, it's just, it's unbelievable. So I don't know. It, it's, the whole thing is, is very, very, uh, it's very difficult to deal with, no doubt about it. Uh, it's past time for all of us to take a greater role in preventing suicide. Here's what you need to know. Chef and travel host Anthony Bourdain was found dead in an apparent suicide this morning. The 61-year-old was working on a new episode of his CNN show, Parts Unknown, in Strasbourg, France, uh, the New York Times reported. This tragic news comes just days after fashion designer Kate Spade died by suicide. Bourdain and Spade's untimely deaths are part of a troubling trend, a sharp rise in suicides among both men and women, across all racial and ethnic groups, too, by the way, and all ages, according to a report released yesterday by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, suicide rates increased by nearly 30 percent between 1999 and 2016. Understanding how to help someone who may be at risk for suicide is crucial toward reversing this trend. Here's how you need. Here's how you need to know. I don't know what that what? means. I think they meant what. They meant what? How to spot warning signs of a suicide. Warning signs of a suicide can vary from person to person. Some may outwardly talk about thoughts of suicide. Uh, Paul, we won't say his last name, but I, I had a friend named Paul. All, all he ever talked about was killing himself. And then eventually he did. He put a gun to his head. Went out by the swimming pool at his uh, condo and shot himself in the head. I, I just, and he, yeah, for been talking years, about it for years. Yeah, he talked about it for years about killing himself. How old was he? About how old when, when he did? He was about seventy when he took himself yeah. out, something like that. So I don't know why you would do that. I mean, you're seventy years old; you don't have to wait that much longer. Anyway, it's a difference. Well, it's interesting. There's a lot of speculation on um, why the uptick in in suicides, and a lot of people are blaming street drugs. Yeah, I could see that. And maybe some of the met newer medications that people take for depression. Because, I mean, it, it, I don't know how Anthony Bourdain killed himself. I have no idea if he... Yeah, I don't know yet And either. I have no idea if it was a depression issue or a life issue. I don't know right. anything about that. But if, you know, apparently Kate Spade was under a doctor's care and was taking medication. Yeah. And, you know, they keep on getting these different and newer medications. Maybe this is sometimes a side effect of it. Yep. I don't, I don't yeah, know. Maybe. Warning signs of suicide can vary from person to person. Some may outwardly talk about uh, thoughts of suicide or wishing they were dead, while others may keep their intentions secret. Look for changes in pattern, said Christine Motier, MD, Chief Medical Officer at the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. People can only keep things hidden to a certain extent. If you think about it, our behavior patterns are uh, in a pretty tight and narrow range. Well, that's very, very true. Someone you know might be acting differently because you know their patterns. It could be that they stay fully engaged, but they're most easy, more easily aggravated, angered, lose their temper, or start drinking more. That's uh, what some people do when they become depressed and suicidal, she explains. 
Look for these uh, common warning signs of suicidal thoughts, though. Talking about suicide, hurting themselves, or death, or dying, seeking access to firearms or pills, withdrawing from friends, family, and society, having severe mood swings, feeling hopeless or trapped, increased use of alcohol or drugs, sleeping all the time or having issues with sleep, uncontrolled rage or agitation. (laughs) Would you like to talk, Philip? No, I'm I'm just listening to this. I'm I'm amazed. I know. I'm amazed, you know, changes in in patterns. Well, how do you know when it's just something that people are, you know, Sometimes people are just going through something. Yeah, they are. You know, it's, it's a relationship issue or something, job stress or, or whatever. How do you know? I mean, people go through things and sometimes for years. How do you know when it's crucial to? Well, here's what they're saying. Oh, they also give away their personal belongings and tell people oh. goodbye for seemingly no reason. Well, yeah, that would be a People who suffer from a mental illness, alcoholism or drug abuse, a family history of suicide, history of trauma or abuse, terminal illness, chronic pain, social isolation, or a traumatic life event such as a loss of a loved one may be at an increased risk for suicide. Remember that people at any age can experience suicidal thoughts. Suicide is the second leading cause of death among teenagers. And the highest suicide rate is among middle-aged people, closely followed by those. A lot of people older than 85 kill themselves. Why bother? Well, I could see that if you get a terminal diagnosis. Yeah, I suppose that's true. Mm-hmm. Or just sometimes the stress of just the medical care community could just make somebody just say, forget it. I don't yeah. want to do this anymore. Because yeah, it's too saying. hard to deal with a lot of this stuff. I blame Philip. Well, well, let me tell you something. As we get older, you know, they're asking all these questions. They're, they're planting these seeds. If there's not a test, I, I go to the doctor. And every time I go to the doctor, the first thing when they start asking these questions that that are a pattern, the first thing they ask, you know, in a certain way, are you being abused? Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm like, oh, yeah. They ask everybody that, yeah. Well, I should be looking for it then. You know, they they think this abusive elderly. And then they, I I did the uh, neurological test four hours for the, the NFL. And they put so many ways in it. Are you isolated? Um, are you thinking about suicide? Mm. And uh, they put this seed in there. And I'm like, everything yeah. here is suicide, suicide. Am I supposed to be thinking about this? Is this a problem that, that we're all encountering? I don't know. I'm sick of the, these tests, these neurological tests and all that. No, I understand what you're saying. If you notice a drastic change in someone's behavior that includes warning signs of suicide, don't hesitate or assume someone else will intervene. Taking an active role to check on them could save their life, even if your instincts are to avoid the person because you're afraid you don't know enough or that you might offend the person. You may be the only one who is noticing and who will reach out, said Dr. Motier. Everyone has a role to play in preventing suicide. The best thing you can do if you're unsure whether someone is suicidal is start an honest, caring conversation in which you do more listening than you do talking. Uh, she says, if you pick up on signs that they're feeling trapped, hopeless, or depressed, don't skirt around the topic. You can ask them directly if they're having suicidal thoughts. That's not going to make them worse. It's not going to plant a seed. If you've created a safe environment to have this conversation, they will feel a sense of relief that they've been able to share this experience with someone who's not judging them. Uh, Avoid lecturing them on the value of life or minimizing their problems. Do let them know how deeply you care about them and encourage them to seek treatment from a therapist or a doctor. I agree with all of that. I remember Alex had a friend in high school who did attempt suicide, not once, but like three times. And she had other issues. Uh, and her family was helping her, and she was going to the doctor, and she was on medication and all this stuff. And Alex always felt like she could have could do more for her. And sometimes a 15, 14-year-old kid yeah. really doesn't have, you know, that's a huge responsibility for a 14, 15-year-old kid to feel like if my, if my friend does commit suicide... It's something I didn't do or could yeah, have done. Yeah, or yeah, it's true. That's a lot of burden to put on a kid. No, there's no question about it. Uh, no, no doubt about that at all. And they're really, to, I mean, I was right there with her listening to all of this. And 
I knew the girl, and there, there was nothing she could have done. I mean, she didn't. She hasn't killed herself, but well, you good. know, she couldn't have prevented those attempts. There's no, no way. I, no, I understand that. Have, have, have you seen a kid 11 years old or younger struggling with life and having problems, and then the teacher calls and tells you they looked in his computer during the day, they looked at him at a site, and he shut it down, they went to the computer, and it was a suicide site. Really? And suicide they called site. you as a parent. Oh. What, what You know, this kid's under 11 years old. Yeah. What do you do then? You know, th this kid... Is it just inquisitive? I mean, there's so much talk about suicide. There's so much for these kids. It's like they're under a lot of pressure. I didn't think that kids ever even thought about suicide. And I, after this Anthony Bourdain thing, when I was reading through the Twitter feed about it, some, a woman posted that her kid was six years old and rode her six years old, six years old yeah. and rode her tricycle, a tricycle yep. in front of a car. In an attempt to kill herself. Yeah, she did. And she had been trying, I guess she's been trying to kill herself basically ever since. And she's like nine now. And she is, God. Uh, the kid just has a huge depression problem. And I did not know the kids that young even had that. Well, there was one little kid on the news last night. She was six years old and she did kill herself. It's just terrible. Six years old. Is that the one that, the, 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 the lawsuit that, that was just settled uh it could be. She this, was African American. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, she was um, in foster care. Yep. It was oh. crazy story. Yeah, it was a really crazy story. But what could they have done? I don't know. I don't know. That's the whole thing. What can you do about this whole situation? It's just um, look. I mean, you got you got tops a hundred year run, and then who knows what after that? So I, I don't know. Taking yourself out, life is that painful that you'd rather not be alive. It's just that's terrible. Hey, it's it's funny. I, I've given most of my trophies away to people. They're all over. I've always done it all my life yeah. for my brother. Yeah. I don't have things that could have been expensive. I have one championship ring left. Ooh. And when I give things to people and all that, and especially since I'm older, I've been doing this all my life. They'd be like, like is something wrong? Oh, yeah. Oh, like, yeah, like, I suppose. Jesus, I suppose you're right. Man, it's just, yeah, and, you start... and it's really bad now. You know, it wasn't yeah. never something wrong then year, years ago no. but now that i'm older and uh, I, I don't get it you know everything is the, the seed the seed planting the seed people. yeah it is planting the seed you're absolutely right about that well like i like i said i we've we've known several people that uh well i do anyway you don't you don't know that many people that have killed themselves do you i know I do. too yeah i do too and i mean i've had a acquaintance of about five more i don't Ooh. i wouldn't say that they were my friends but i knew them i've met them yeah i yeah. talked to them As a matter of fact high school and, and early to mid-20s there were a lot of people i knew that killed themselves and did you always think there was something you could have done what yeah, is it you that, do you, that you do i didn't that, see yeah. and yeah you, he's a yeah, good friend right. i should have seen this or yep, yeah you're sad. absolutely right we will take a break we'll be right back in a couple of seconds. oh we have a guest coming? Come on in. Come on in. It's okay. We're good to go. Here comes Trill. He'll be right here. Thank you. Are you going to stick around? Um, I don't know. How long is this? No, it'll be half hour. About, yeah, 35 minutes. Sure. You can sit down if you want. Because JB's not coming around. How you well, JB is on his way, but. Okay, well, well, we'll figure it out. We'll be right back. We'll kick Philip out. We'll be right out. back in two minutes. <laughs> hey, Tom Bernard Show. <laughs> This is Tom for Flow. For the past 35 years, Flow's passion to invent a better way has created some of the finest recreational products available. Flow's Cargo Max trailer line is a perfect example of their innovation. This trailer is redefining the utility trailer industry. They start with a strong aluminum frame and then add a thermoform polymer bed. It gives you a nearly indestructible one-piece trailer body. And since it's molded, it adds style that the trailer industry has never seen. They even beat it with a large sledgehammer at 20 below zero to prove how tough it is. Best of all, you'll never worry about dents, rust, rot, or paint. Visit their website at floeintl.com to find your local dealer and to see videos of this unique trailer, including a video showing hockey star Ryan Suter shooting pucks at it, trying to break it. You'll quickly see how Flow has earned the reputation for quality products and offering you more for your money. Flow, a better way. It's Tom telling you how easy it's been for me to lose weight on the Nutramost weight loss plan. 
And now you can find out how to have success losing weight at Nutrimost Twin Cities in Plymouth, just like me, at their free informational dinner on Monday, June 18th, 6 p.m. at Jake's in Plymouth. Those unwanted pounds will melt away really fast. I've lost over 55 pounds at Nutrimost Twin Cities in Plymouth. After being educated on clean eating, finding out what foods my body prefers, and I now know the foods that are weight gain triggers. As I've said over and over again, the Nutrimost weight loss plan is so easy, and they guarantee that you'll lose 20 pounds or more in just 40 days. There's no exercise, shots, drugs, prepackaged food. I'm never hungry. Nutrimost Twin Cities in Plymouth has helped me change my life, and I know they can help you too. Call now to register for the Nutrimost Twin Cities in Plymouth dinner. It is on June 18th. To register, call 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. Well, I just wanted to make sure that he had everything covered, you know, so he didn't drop an F-bomb. Right, right, right. Don't do that. I don't want Cassie working too hard, you know, doing editing and all that <laughs> stuff. Dean Edwards joins us, ladies and gentlemen. He's at Acme tonight and tomorrow night. As a matter of fact, 8 Give and 10.30. What say. What are you going to say? Say. Now you're talking. Say. <laughs> Dean and I were just talking about what what it's like to hang out with Nick Swartzen, and of course Catherine knows that, Andy knows that, uh, no doubt about it. He's uh, he's love. like a he's like he's like a butterfly. It really is. <laughs> is it, Nick, <laughs> Nick, <laughs> Nick Swartzen <laughs> just floats through and is full of love and energy. And and uh, my my first Tuesday night we did our first show at Acme, which was awesome because um, they do the contest. And then uh, we, I was doing meet and greet, and oh, that's good, and. And, you know, the the crowd pretty much had filed out. We were probably standing out there for a good 20, 30 minutes. And then I saw some guys coming in, and I thought I thought they had been to this show. I said, oh, someone forgot their phone or something. Oh, right. And then as they get closer, he's like, hey, buddy. I was like, oh, that's Nick. I said, what's up? And he was like, yeah, we, we just did a show in uh, Fargo, and I, I found out you were down here, so I had to come down. I was like, oh, man, that just been. And we hung out and, and just kicked it for, like, Two three hours, yeah, yeah. reminiscing uh, about going um, through through the comedy clubs in New York City, you know, yep. down in the Village Boston Comedy Club, and uh, and looking, and we're all still here, you know. That that always makes you happy. Yeah, when, that is a good thing. Still, they're, they're still no doubt here about doing that. doing your thing. Yeah, he did a show at the Palace Theater over in St. Paul, mm-hmm. I think, on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. And then he was uh, where was he? Where was he? Saturday, because he was in Fargo on Friday. Okay, okay. And then on Saturday, where he he was somewhere, but I can't remember where. But yeah, he did a show at the Palace Theater over in St. Paul on mm-hmm. on uh, on Sunday night. But yeah, Nick is uh, he first started coming on the morning show that you did that you did. He first started coming on in that he was, God, he was in his early twenties. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I could probably guess it. And, what a pain in the ass. Because <laughs> <laughs> Dynamo, Nick was always yeah. like, oh, frantic God. energy. He's moving quickly. Like, oh, slow yeah. down, man. But it's so great because I know his brother Johnny really. You ever met Johnny? His no, brother, no, I never oh, met God. Johnny. Musician. Okay. Really good guy. Okay. Really, really good guy. And his sister, Rachel. And it's funny because whenever Nick, because once in a while, Nick will just kind of disappear for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, he just kind of does. Does right. he go to California? Yeah, <laughs> to shoot. <laughs> That's it. Working. Yeah, to, to work. But yeah. Rachel always calls me. Have you talked to Nick? I said no, not recently. We'll go find him. I'm like, <laughs> how did you, you get sent? Yeah. How did it become your game? Yeah, how did it become my job, job to go keep look for track Nick. of Nick? Is that's a, the next reality show from Ryan Seacrest? Keeping yeah. up with Nick. Yeah, Ooh, I like it. You need an app. Keep, <laughs> keeping up with Nick. Right? right? Nick is like a GPS. <laughs> by the way, so he called me on I think Thursday, last last Thursday, not mm-hmm. yesterday, but a week ago. He calls me, and I answer the phone. And he says to me, what's up, Big F? Mm-hmm. That's you can't call me that. I can't call it. You can't say that to me. I can't say it to you. And he goes, I can do whatever I want. <laughs> okay. And he, right. and he will. And he will. And he will. But no, he's, uh, I tell you one thing about Nick. Every time I talk to him or I see him, he always tells me, look, I love you, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He yeah. always does. 
He said he said it like three times. He's yeah, the first he two times it was cool. Then I was like, okay, okay good. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> something, something going much. on in the air. What do I not know? <laughs> no, but back. it's but it, which it speaks to something bigger. Is like you should we should as as human beings be able to express our love and compassion towards one another on yeah. such a yep. sumpa, such a human level. But we're all we're so caught up in our own worlds that we don't. And so it's it's refreshing right. and sometimes throws people off when someone just says hey man i love you and i was like i said man i love you too man i'm, I'm mm-hmm. like i said i said i'm glad i really appreciated him coming by he didn't have to do that you know you you you, you just did your own show and probably yep. Yep. did you know 90 minutes and your feature mm-hmm. and everything leading up getting your head right and and you could have gone and just laid down in a hotel or what have you and he was like nah I want to go see my friend that you know that yeah, made, that made my day that made my great. week I've been telling people all week like yo man Schwartzen came through and then also in the realm of Hollywood people get so disconnected yeah. so it's nice to see someone come back home and remain grounded and remain human you know towards no, everyone I, you're absolutely right but I, I want to ask him something mm-hmm. you know where are you from New York New York City okay you in, you're from New York yes sir the boys and all that sir mm-hmm. I like that mm-hmm. that's even better okay Ooh, just, sir, don't just call, call me sir, chef no. oh, chef okay chef. I'll take good that's chef a word, that's a word of respect okay but I want to ask him do you do it do you your boys and everybody can you easily just tell males and stuff I love you man I do yeah and oh. and 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 I and I make sure because I've noticed recently <laughs> no, no, no. well I've noticed recently when people people do say instead people don't put the I so people just say love you and I'm like yeah. well you know what I, I I want you to know it's coming from me yeah. so I'm gonna yeah. say I love you just because it, it it shows it takes I take onus of it by saying yo I love you man so I I say to like my boys my friends all the time my homies I'm like yo man I love you man you know I'm glad you know we hang up like one of my one of my closest friends he was uh excuse me uh, my best man in uh in my wedding and we were in the army together and and you know usually when we hang up we we haven't spoken in like a week we hang up it's like all right man take care stay up i love you you know and we just express it just to let each other know because you never know and as you get older and you see you know some of your friends haven't made it so it becomes to me more important to that you you don't regret not saying it you know true well let me just tell you something philip to your left. Yeah, yeah, I, I sent something. No, you, know, you ain't <laughs> sensing nothing, man. I've known this him. This is a bunch of crap. I've known him for 40, love. 45 <laughs> years. I've known him, okay? In w- once in 45 years, he told me he loved me. Okay. Hey, I tell him that all the time. Once. He, That's all I got. I don't know when he started this. You started this. Don't change the subject. <laughs> you, got, you, got, you got, we grew up as tough times. Okay. Tough men. Mm-hmm. The tough men. I got all these athletes, all these friends. Right, right, right. We're older now. So, and it's not easily said now, you know, mm-hmm. but I, I realize we like what you say. Mm-hmm. Love you. Yeah. Now, that ain't that I love you. But how are your uncles and, and but they're, they're, those older tough men. Right. No. They. they yeah. That, it, it's a different. It's a different time. It's a different yeah, era. Yeah. yeah sure. You didn't. Yeah. Now, Uncle Herbie wasn't wasn't walking up to my pops. All right, Ronald. I love you. You know. It was. It was just. It was. A, you got a pound. If, yeah. Yeah. If no, that. It's good. It's good. And, and that was enough. And and I don't like. You might have seen. Like there was. There were hugs. There we all hugs. Hugs. We yeah. hugs, man. But Touch. nah. You didn't. You didn't hear it. Right. That that much. I think. You know. Is it. We've coming up in a different era. I spoke about it on stage. My my kids, we got beat. You know, we we got spankings yeah. and oh, corporal yeah. punishment. Right, and, and oh, like like the parents would tag team you. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and tap in. Like I'm going in. <laughs> but I didn't because a it's a different time. B I had my, you know, my wife and I, we have two daughters, and so I was like, you know what, when I was younger, um, when, I think when they were first born, I was, a friend of mine who was also a comic, he was like, he was like, yeah, I have a daughter, and, and I can't put my hands on her because that's setting the wrong example for her early right. on that a man can put his hands on you, even the discipline. Mm. So I said, I took that to heart, and I said, yeah, I guess I can't either. But I also am lazy. You know, so <laughs> so like the extent work. of my discipline and is my my voice gets louder. You know, and 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 my kids 
can read when I've really had it up to here, but there've never really been serious repercussions. You know, my my dad was six eleven and a half. So oh, whoa, yeah, I was God bless. So I all there was never a time I wasn't afraid. Even even when when you know the end was near and he was laid <laughs> laid out, I was still like, no, nah, I don't think I could take him. You know? <laughs> I don't think I could take him. Six eleven, yeah, man, and a half. He always said he was. Oh. He was always like six eleven and a half. But I'm not a giant. I was like, yeah, I dad. You know, I'm not seven feet tall. I'm like we round up around here. You know? Kevin Garnett was the same way. He would never say he was seven feet tall. Really? He was at six eleven and a half. Wow. Same wow. Thing. Yeah. 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 Same thing. Oh, I didn't Kevin know Garnett. seven feet was the. Giant cutoff. Right, right. Right. You are now a giant. Right, right. It's just the way it is. I'm sorry. It's just the way it is. Yeah, I'm, I'm really sorry that you missed Seton Smith because he was. He looked up at the board and said, "Oh, Dean's Dean's in town." Yeah, man. Yeah, and but you but you know what? I'll I'll, uh, I'll I'll reach out to him because we just Seton said something to me. I just started working uh, one of the clubs in in New York City, the Comedy Cellar, the oh, renowned yeah. Comedy Cellar. Yeah, and because uh, I had we had our thing, but but it came around and we we started working. Together. So I was sitting there and Seton had seen me. He works, he's been working there for a while. And so, probably three weeks ago, uh, he was bringing me on stage. And it's funny how you, you, affect people you don't know so he's bringing me up and he says uh he's and he says hey man this next dude i'm about to bring up i remember seeing him when i first started out and i was like oh, i feel so old now <laughs> he's like i remember seeing him when i first started out in the 90s before i was even a comic i was just in a, in a comedy club and and what he did to the stage was amazing and so i walked on stage like oh i i had no idea you know and right. then we sat af- afterwards. We went upstairs and we were eating. He he put me on to the uh, the salmon and and mashed potatoes. Really good food. And, uh, <laughs> and and we just we started talking because you can you can be in the same circuit around the people acquaintances for years, but never really break bread. Really never sure. really actually have a full on conversation. And so now that I've been in the club, uh, that particular club more often where he's hosting, we've just sat around and actually talked and chopped it up and had right. some great conversations, you know. So I definitely I, I when I when I leave here I'll call him and uh see if I can get in contact with him and uh you know maybe just go grab some lunch or Go see a movie. Go Phil, see Hotel Artemis or something. Philip was all over him about his name, though. He's, yeah. Like he's, got, white, he's got like, that's a white guy's oh, name. Seton, yes. Yeah. Seton, yeah. yeah, you don't mean it. When, when, when his, his, his parents were smart, when they named him, they said, we got to give him a shot at getting it, at least getting it in the job. Because certain names that they see, when, when you send the resume, if you got... <laughs> If you got Donnell or, or LeBron, like LeBron James had to play ball, right? Because <laughs> if, if he was job. applying for a Fortune 500 company, that resume wouldn't make it all the time to, to the person that needs to see this. Is LeBron, oh, no, we, we won't be looking at that one. <laughs> but Seton Smith, same with me, like Dean Edwards, yeah, Dean Edwards was, yeah. was nice and, and racially ambiguous where they couldn't really nice figure balls, out. Yeah. You know what it was, and then surprise, you know, I can't get the job. Oh, it's not what we expected. I, I gotta ask you a question. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, you're from New York. Yes, sir. Say, I, yes, I like this kid. I know. Man. Yes, this kid keeps serving. Yes, sir. yes sir. But I ain't got no wallet on. That's you know, just so all good. Got all good. Okay, no. yeah. See, yeah. But I, I'm just thinking, you know, you're talking about all this walleye and, 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 and oh, all yeah. this salmon and all this, and you're a New Yorker, you know. With, do, do, your food choice. I mean, mm-hmm. you know where I'm getting. Do, do, what do y'all eat in in New York? In New anymore? York, the main no, thing. No fried foods. Pizza. Or I'm, I'm a big pizza. Oh, pizza. I love. I New love. York I pizza. love New York City pizza. Do you oh, have I'm any spoiled. soul food left? Um, of course. I mean, uh, uh, there's a spot up in Harlem. I was just there last week. Uh, uh, called the Red Rooster. Uh, right on. Uh, I want to say one. I think one thirty. Fifth and Adam Clayton Powell, and uh, yeah, I mean the soul food. I'm I'm big on soul food, and my wife is Jamaican English, so I'm big Ooh. on my and, and my mother-in-law. I'm excited. My mother-in-law, she she moved back to Jamaica a couple of years ago. She had a house built out there, but she's coming back 
on Saturday. Great cook. So, yes. So, you talking about curry I'm, and all well, that? Curry. She oh, got the yeah. curry chicken and the, and the stew chicken. <laughs> Jamaican <laughs> stuff, right? And, and Escobese fish and, and all oh, that yeah. and rice and peas. And so I'm actually, you just remind me, I'm looking forward to getting home on Sunday because oh, I land my mouth and we're going right to my mother-in-law's house. Can have a feast. And and I'm a Any crock fish, crock salad? Uh, she's big, you know, she's big on salt fish and I keep salt fish. You know and it gets your sex up, bro. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's the thing, you don't need <laughs> When, when, you, when you have like West Indians around you, you don't need the pills because they have the. Oh no, you you need to eat, drink some peanut punch. You need peanut punch is gonna get you right way. Cheaper, much cheaper. It's much cheaper. Now, now, Dean, you can't answer this right away because mm-hmm. there's a person in this room, okay, who played for the New York Jets, okay. So I'm gonna ask you, are you a football fan? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Okay, I'm good. not a football fan. I. What's funny is I did a bunch of work for ESPN for the last couple. Of years we uh, with Frank Caliendo we did uh, oh, yeah, Frank, you know, Frank, stuff for uh, um, uh, Sunday NFL Countdown and we were doing these oh, yeah, yeah. these sketches where where they had me playing CC you know <laughs> CC and and and, and uh, 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 the coach from uh, Jesus it's, it's been that long from uh, uh, Mike. From the Steelers, uh, who who can't blink because his eyes are so wide and uh, Tomlin, uh, Tomlin, Mike Tomlin, yeah. and uh, yeah, we I had a blast uh, rocking out with them, but I I don't I watch the Super Bowl for the commercials because um, I did I did a my first like big opportunity was a uh, was a Snickers commercial back oh, yeah. back in the Ooh. day and it premiered during the Super Bowl and it's always been you know tradition Sunday Sunday uh, yeah. Super Bowl Sunday you know the food and the finger foods and whatnot and and but aside from that I don't I don't really I don't care hey but I'm a fine you're a New Yorker and this is the test. Mm-hmm. You got like basketball, man. Of course, I'm an, I'm an, nah. Knicks on my second team. Though. Yeah, Clyde Frazier. Yeah, Clyde. Clyde, Clyde, Clyde is Frazier. he getting older? Is he slowing down or anything? <laughs> His hair still fly. Oh, he's something. Clyde still fly. Yeah. Oh, we yeah. will take a very quick break. Be right back more with Dean Edwards. He's at Acme tonight and tomorrow night, eight and ten thirty. As a matter of yeah. fact, right back. We are here with Chris Lindahl. What's the latest? Chris Lindahl Real Estate, the real estate brokerage, is finally here. We've declared our innovation independence. Your innovation independence? <laughs> you're, you're dressed independently today, I will tell you that. That's you look good, man. <laughs> you look great. Thank you. And we also have something super exciting for KQ listeners. We are going to give away a free listing side commission now through June 29th. How does that work? So, so we're going to sell someone's house for free. What? Yeah. That's yep. pretty good. Yeah, and it's just a way of saying thank you. And KQRS has been amazingly supportive to the Chris Lindahl brand and now to Chris Lindahl Real Estate. It's a way for us to say thank you. It's also not a bare bones offer. So everything that Chris Lindahl does to get you top dollar for your house, we're still going to do. And we're going to do it potentially for free for one listener. Now, how do people get that done? How, how, how do they qualify for the – was it a drawing or what is it? it? Yep, so it's so it's a drawing. So you can go to chrislindahl.com. That's Chris with a K. And you can click on the free listing side commission giveaway tab to sign up. Or you can call 763-401-SOLD. That is a wonderful thing. And when uh, when do they need to do this buy? So the deadline is June 29th. June 29th. And how do they do it? They go to chrislindahl.com. That's Chris with a K or call 763-401-SOLD. And I just want to say thank you so much for all of the support during our transition. We're super excited and we're bringing innovation to another level. It is a wonderful thing. Chris Lindahl. Thank you. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. When you call Sabre for service, you'll get a certified technician that's an expert at diagnosing, repairing, and installing heating and air conditioning equipment. Sabre Techs give you the service you need, not the other stuff that you don't need. When you combine that with Sabre's A rating for customer service and the best equipment from Bryant, you get exactly what you need. So make the call to Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning today. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. You're very into the synthesizer today. She likes funk. She's always been a funk fan. She's always been a do you want to get out? Hey, see, he bad. What Joyce? Oh God, I you, tell you, your music. Every time we come back from from a break, it makes me. It flashes me back to Saturday morning when it was time to clean the house. Like oh, yeah. you yeah. always knew, twelve thirty. Soul Train ended, <laughs> and your parents had had you know the 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 record player and and. 
and <laughs> Cool and the gang of the Commodores would come on, and then you had to go clean. Like, my, my chores were the bathroom and the living room, and, and my brother had to clean our room. You, I just, you're taking me back. <laughs> I know, I, I was just saying what. that the funk, you, I, that's what I play when uh-huh. I clean the house. Yeah it, yeah. it makes it more enjoyable. It, it really, it really does. does. Well, well, Dean, I hate to take your, your, your thing away, but the white guys sitting in that chair play different music for them. Play them that country. country. Yeah, play a lot of country. Can we ever make you happy? Who is that? I appreciate Garth Brooks. (laughs) No, it's all good. You're unbelievable. No, it's all good. We just had Ronald Cool Bell on the show. We. Oh oh, wow. You, you had on, him in? Yeah, Ronald Cool Bell. He's in Minneapolis. Yeah, he was. Well, he, he lives out here. Not only he lives here, he's oh, no, here. He don't live here. But I told him I when I, uh, in 1970 or 71, mm-hmm. I had to move up to Grand Forks to for a job. Okay. And my I I lived with a black man and his sister. Mm-hmm. We were roommates. Okay. Right? And uh, Jungle Boogie came. Oh, up. that's. And I said, right Victor. Here. His name was Victor Treadwell. I said, Victor, when you're at the clubs, I want you to do me a favor. When you hear the Tarzan yell, yeah. it means the song is yeah, over. <laughs> so stop dancing. He, said, he came back home and he said, oh, man, it was the greatest that you told me that because, man, all those other fools kept dancing. <laughs> I'm just standing there. That's that's one of the best openings of a movie that uh, Pulp Fiction opens oh, with, yeah, that, and, yeah. I, and I love that that opening. Yep. Oh, I love Cool in the Game. Yeah, that's a good cool game. Oh, yeah. Well, tell him the, the station in Florida, the, the letters for the station. Or oh, W-A-P-E. W-A-P-E. How you like that, my brother? Wait. Wait. Take the W off one of you guys. Yeah, you don't know Hey, give him that voice, that W-A-P-E voice. So you go out. Back when I was Catman. Oh, yeah, he's Catman. Oh, hold on, hold on. I got to hear this. Oh, yeah, you're looking at the real deal, brother. No, it was no difference. The real deal, man. You don't want to get it. Andy's probably got some recorded. I know that. I, I'm telling you, Lastman loves to play. He, I mean, he reaches back. I've been doing this morning show that you were on yesterday mm-hmm. for 33 years. Wow, wow. And I've been in radio for 48 years. Mm. So back, I was 18 years old. Right, right, right. And just coming on the radio, and it was, man, it was unbelievable. But they hear that voice, and they didn't know. They think he's a black guy. Oh, right. they did. Yeah, but everybody it, thought I was black. It, it, and 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 this is in Florida, right? Right. right J- Jacksonville. It was in Jacksonville. The oh, reason yeah. they hired me at WAP in Jacksonville was back on AM radio days, uh-huh. and it was a, a directional at night. It was fifty thousand watts during the day, but at night it was directional. Okay. And they hired me, and when I got there, they went. Now I know why they hired me because I went out and checked out the signal. Went right through the ghetto into the ocean. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's why they hired me. It's like, well, you know, I won't remember. I, one time, now this is 1977, mm-hmm. and I'm down in down at WAPE, and there was a black family that came and cleaned the station every night. Okay. And the grandmother had there was probably about a five year old kid, and I didn't know anything about. Being in the South, because Jacksonville's the deep South. Yeah. It's not, I mean, it is a deep yeah. South. And I didn't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. I, you know, growing up here and all the rest of it. So there was a, probably about a five year old little kid. And he said, Hey, good to see you, sir. And I said, You don't have to call me, sir. That's all right. He goes, Yeah, well, I'm. I said, Seriously, you know, just call me Tom. Don't worry about it. So next night, they come walking in, his grandma, and he come walking in. He goes, hey, Tom. Uh, uh-oh. Boom! She cracked him right in the head. I saw it. I saw it. That was oh, going on. Man. It's all your fault. You can see that ahead of time. Huh? Yeah, I was like, oh, you look at the oh, I saw this left coming, coming, coming from Miami, sweeping up <laughs> Pensacola. Did he get his senses back? Yes, he did. Yeah, You've been messing him up where he came not that didn't time. No, yeah. I had no idea because, you know, Deep South was different back then. Yeah. It wasn't Whoa. like that here. We loved, we loved Deep South. Don't you love living in the Deep South? Oh, uh, that's why I'm in New York. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, one other very quick WAPE story. One of my first weeks there, the the sheriff of I think it was in Orange County. I think I think Jacksonville's in Orange County, if I remember right. I can't remember, but anyway, it was the county sheriff. Mm-hmm. He calls. He goes, "Hey, Catman." I got. I found this uh, this uh, bicycle, and it's one of them real nice ones. And 
I wonder if you go on there and tell everybody that I got this bicycle because uh, it's it's expensive. Right. I said, well, I'll tell you what, Sheriff, why don't you just come on and and you talk about the bike. You can describe it. And he said, okay. So, ladies and gentlemen, we got the uh, Sheriff of uh, Orange County on with us. Uh, sheriff, you found something? This is live on the air. Mm. He says, yeah, we did. We found this bicycle. Cap man, it's unbelievable. This thing's beautiful. It's one of them Fuji bicycles. <laughs> They were kind of new back then, I guess. Right. It's one of them Fuji bicycles. And if you can call in and describe it, um, maybe we'll get your bicycle back to you. Just tell me what color it is and, what, and all these different things, and we'll get your bicycle back to you. And I said, well, where did you find it? And he goes, right in the heart of Big End Town. <laughs> Only he didn't say Big End Town. Right, 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 right. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Again, it's the deep south. Right, I'm like, right. whoa. Right, yeah. The sheriff uses the Big End on live radio. And here's the best part. 1977. He just drops the Big End live radio. The phones blew up. Got Not one phone? person complained. Hey, that's what you were saying. It's my bicycle. <laughs> God, he, he got a hundred calls on that. What's the deal? Not one complaint about what he said. Okay. People wanted that bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Like, it's yeah. a Fuji? Kind of remind you of New Yorkers, though. Yeah, of course. Okay. Same, yeah. same exact thing. Frankie Crocker said, used the same Frankie language. Frankie Crocker. <laughs> God, I remember Frankie, Frankie Crocker. Crocker. Oh, Frankie yeah. Crocker. Uh, Okay, it's a three-beat. This one's very quick. Jacksonville Theater is in downtown Jacksonville. Jacksonville's downtown area is an island. And there, okay. Are, okay. there are these bridges that all lead to the downtown area because it's an island. You have to go over a bridge to get downtown. Okay. I, I was brand new in town. I didn't know. And and Shaft, it was either Shaft or Shaft in Africa was playing. Okay. Ooh. So I go down to see it, and I get there a little late. So I go in the theater, and I go sit down, and I watch this movie. And then the movie's over and the lights come on. I realize I am the only white person in the theater. The only person. And as I'm leaving, this guy's looking at me. He goes, you're new here, aren't you? I said, what do you mean? He goes, you're new to town. I said, yeah, I just moved here last week. He goes, okay, this is your one pass. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> okay, well, yes, we can leave. That's okay. But I bet, bet if you said you, you you did the voice, you said, I'm Catman. Okay. Like, oh, man, you come oh, anytime. You come anytime you want to be on the Now, it, was, it, it really made me grow up quite a bit, I'll mm, tell you yeah, that. Yeah. Let me tell you something. I was a rookie from the Midwest sitting in Broadway in a theater mm -hmm. with me and just a few of my friends on our day off, and they were black, and we all went in the city, and we're watching Shaft, and they're showing Broadway, and we sitting right in the middle of it. <laughs> hey, man, we right there. <laughs> <laughs> what year was that? I think my rookie year was 71. I think 71. It, was, it was either between 71 in uh, 73, because I, I wasn't living in Manhattan. Okay. I think I was just going in oh, yeah, and, okay. and, and partying in Harlem and all that. So I must have seen, it must have been Shaft in Africa then, because that was this was like 75 or 6 or something like that. So that one came out a few years later. Richard Roundtree. Richard Roundtree. I will never forget that. It's uh, so. Where in New York did you grow up? I grew up in uh, in the Bronx in Mount Vernon. Oh, and, you did? Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, I was born in the Bronx, and then uh, my family, because my dad worked for the Department of Corrections, each time he was promoted. Um, especially back in that era, when you when you were earning more money, you moved further upstate to show that you know you you were moving up like George and yeah. Weezy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. George and Weezy. <laughs> And so we moved uh, to some. Well, well, it's funny. Mount Vernon is considered a suburb, but I like looking at a map. It just looks like the North Bronx. Yeah, you know, it's, yep, it's just yep. there are a couple more trees, a uh, few more white people than Puerto Rican. You know, and mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, we we made it, but you're like, we're still in a building. And then uh, and then we moved again. I like we moved. I went to three high schools. We oh, moved a lot because really? every promotion meant a move further and further upstate. And then uh, eventually we moved to um, up near Buffalo, uh, between Rochester and Buffalo, uh, a place called Batavia, which I always say is Greek for three black people. It was me, Jerry, and a brother named Leon. Right? And, uh, Leon. And, you gotta have a Leon. <laughs> you gotta have a Leon because my dad got he got transferred to. Uh, 
um, to Attica Ooh, and uh, oh, to work. You, you always got to no, collaborate. Well, that's, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes. Uh, well, they really love and support him. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he got transferred to Attica. And Attica, seeing Attica, we, 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 he brought us one day, one day just to see it because it was like Castle Grayskull in there. And I don't oh, remember yeah. seeing that. Yeah. And I was like, nah, I never need to break the law. So I started apologizing and crying for bubblegum I stole in, in sixth grade. So I didn't mean it. So what was your father's position? What did he do for the he, um He worked his way up. And uh, by the time he retired, um, he was um, uh, deputy uh, superintendent of Auburn Correctional oh, up really? there in Syracuse. Yeah, he worked his way all the way up the ladder. Was he ever a guard? Um, nah, he was a, he was a probation officer. A seven foot tall yeah. guard would be a little yeah. intimidating. Yeah, yeah. no, he, he, was, but he also oh. might be a target. Yeah, yeah. maybe you yeah. wouldn't want to be. Well, yeah, yeah. Maybe. Let true. me tell you something. The Jet basketball team would travel during all season. We play. We went up and we played one day. We played a game in Attica at the oh, his yard. Attica. And man. Attica. Just when you go into that place and it's huge, and they slam you that gate, yeah. and oh. you going in through there, man. Everybody must have wet their pants. Yeah, oh, what that. if it go wrong oh, yeah. and we don't right. get out of here? I mean, that place. That, your dad worked there every day. Worked there every day. Uh, was, I tell you That's what, amazing. changed your impression when he took yeah. you there, didn't yes, it? Yes, it did. I tell yes, you what, you said, I will not steal. Yeah, yeah, no, I, no immediately. Steal. I was oh. like, oh, I got to work on these jokes. Oh, man, <laughs> that was one severe prison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good God. It must have scared you. Oh yeah, it scared oh, yeah. me. It was, I mean, it was because because my dad, as big as he was, looked tiny going just walking, you know, through, through those uh, those gates. And Pretty I was sure. like, and he's big, and yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, what I'm, I'm 15, 16, and I'm like, <sighs> oh, there's no way I would make. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> go home. I don't know, Auntie M. <laughs> scared straight. Exactly. Well, do you think that's one of the reasons he did it? Brought you up there? Um. I, well, you know what? Maybe he, you know, it, as as a parent now, I'm like, you know, you never know what your parents are doing because I know right. there are things that I will do without, uh, instead of beating it home with a hammer, you just do it subtly to sort of drop a hint to let the kids know, and yeah. maybe that'll stick with them the same yeah. way. So it probably probably did. I wouldn't be surprised. No, it's not a bad idea. Not at all. Not at all. I think you know when Alex, we were just talking about in the first hour that. Catherine and our daughter mm-hmm. would go visit a, a family friend up in prison every Saturday. Oh, wow. And do you think that affected her that same way, just being a, in a prison? Oh, because she never was a you know, troublemaker. Yeah, no. No, it wasn't, no that's yeah. true. No. But it was, that was going into a, a men's prison with two women, <laughs> even in the visiting room, it was just. No, it's like, do not make eye contact. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. With yeah, anybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're bumping into things trying to walk around. Well, this was, a, this was a minimum security sort of situation. So you just, you just like a, a sort of, you know, out of the corner of your eye, observe how right. they were treating each other. Right, right. And right. they were so mean to each other. It's oh, like, you know, yeah. just trying to throw something in the garbage can, somebody'd have to, like, Bump them and you know the make them miss. Minimum yep. security. Oh, they were just well, had to be jerks wow. to each other. In, in that prison, even if you come in at a level four, as your sentence gets gets near the end, they drop mm-hmm. you to three, then to two, then to one. So if you can behave. some very bad mm-hmm. actors are in minimum security toward the end. Wow. So right. you got some crazy people right. in, in minimum security to, at the end of their sentence. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would walk in there and guys would shove their chair back to block yeah. my way. Yeah. And I go, hey, I'm going home. You're not. Right. Move your chair. Right. What are you going to do? Right. I'm, I'm leaving. You're staying. Move your chair. Yeah, just little Remember that? moves. Yeah. 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 Oh, exactly. wow. Wow. That's the reason why they're in prison, maybe. Because yeah. well, they know, just have to be jerks. Right. <laughs> it was really great to come over. Honestly, oh, okay. it, it was wonderful. And thanks for coming to the show yesterday. Yeah, Philip, yeah. Philip, I want to thank you, too. Philip, you got to go as well. I want to thank you for coming. And, uh, you know, so I'll talk, I'll talk to you over the weekend. And we'll tell them you love them. Oh, I man. You just like a brother. Heard Troublemaker. He, come, he, he feel good, but he's from the Bronx. I I love love you. He knows that I tell you all the time that I love hey, you. Hey, you did one time, hey. one time. That's all I've gotten yes. so far. It was kind of like this, too. It was kind of like this, too. It was like. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Philip Tom's like been that. holding on to that forever. He, he just true. likes punishing people. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's punishment. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Tonight, <laughs> tomorrow night, 8 and 1030 at Acme, Dean Edwards. Great pleasure to meet you. Sir. Thanks, y'all. Thank you for having me. Thanks again. for coming in. Yeah, Philip, thank you for coming. Hey, we'll thank be back. you. Hour three. Thank you.